and welcome to another episode of Daters Gonna Date. This is our Christmas episode, I suppose. But um, when we recorded it, we didn't know that. So there's no real mention of Christmas in it. Um, we won't give much of an intro. I'm currently recording this at home in my PJs, which I hope you are listening to this in your PJs or out for a little walk before you start stuffing your face with celebrations and roses. This episode is with Jen and Brian from Turn To Me, the charity. It's a mental health charity and that is looking after thousands of people online during this pandemic and before that, obviously, as well. But their services are now under a massive pressure, much like many of the others, Pieta House and Samaritans, just off the top of my head. We wanted to talk to them about being single in a pandemic because, um, as we all know, our lives have been put on hold. Our dating lives are you know, non-existent for a majority of us. When will we be able to date again? We have no idea. And for those of us with the ticking biological clock, what does that mean for us? So we wanted to ask about that side of things. We also wanted to ask about those of you who are in relationships and maybe you're feeling under pressure. Maybe you're living with someone and it's putting a bit of pressure on. Or maybe, you know, you know someone who's in a situation that they need to get out of. We wanted to ask all these kind of things. So... I'll, I suppose I'll let you guys listen to the interview. Hope you enjoy and we'll put Turn To Me details up on our Instagram and our Twitter. So do follow us if you don't already. Just look for Date Is Gonna Date. We really appreciate um, Brian and Jen for coming on and here you go. This is the episode. Today we have a really special episode. We've got Brian and Jennifer here from Turn To Me. Guys, if people don't know who you are or know what Turn To Me does, could you just give a brief kind of synopsis if you want uh, about what you guys do? Sure, yeah. I'm I'm Brian. I'm a clinical manager and a counsellor and psychotherapist and supervisor with uh, Turn To Me. We're an online uh, mental health service. We provide counselling online, group supports online, 24-7 moderated peer support online and it's a community kind of uh, service for anybody 12 plus and we have couples counselling and individual counselling as well and groups and uh, peer support that's age appropriate as well and it's all accessible online um, at turntome.ie and it's accessible on your phone, laptop, tablet, any device from anywhere as long as you have a signal. And Zoom and face-to-face via virtually is the new normal now. We're 11 years up and running, so we predate COVID. And, you know, COVID has, has created this space where everybody has moved into a virtual world to meet people, to connect with people. But we've been kind of working this way for a long time and we kind of reach people who may otherwise not actually reach out for support. So it might be the first time somebody kind of seeks a bit of support. You know how many times people are really adept at um, Dr. Google when there's something wrong. So this, this way they're able to find support online. You know, you might be sitting on the bus on the way into town back in the day when we could do things like that. And you can actually reach out and actually have support with somebody else, peer support. And it's anonymous text based. So you can actually engage with uh, either counseling online or you can engage with group support online. The key thing is, is that it's accessible and it's professional. You know, all our counselors are trained and qualified and accredited. Ongoing training and support is there, but it's a really, really great way for people to know that they're not alone. And that's the key thing now, I suppose, with COVID, when everybody's kind of self-isolating in that. I can imagine, yeah. though, you, you obviously have been, doing, been there for 11 years, but with everything that's happened in the last, is it only nine months? My God, it feels like much longer than that. Um, have you seen a real increase in the amount of people contacting you and, and looking for support and help? Absolutely, yeah. We've, we've had 
I suppose it's a 386% increase in demand for our services uh, since COVID. And that is something that we've met. We've actually been able to kind of... uh, upscale to to reach that demand to actually support people and while we're funded by the HSE and the National Office of Suicide Prevention you know we rely as well on donations for people to support us as well to continue that ongoing support for people but yeah COVID has has kind of increased the demand across all sectors and you know one of the the key advantages that we've been able to kind of step in to help with is for people that are at home people that are isolated we have, you know, couples counselling for people who are struggling with relationships and all of that is free. And that's another key kind of thing that we have. It's, it's funded by the HSE and NOSP, but it's free for people to engage in that kind of support. We'd be very um, much encouraging people to come forward um, to, to engage with support, whether you're young not so young <laughs> or old like me, um, make sure that um, you take, take action early. Um, and this is one of the ma- major kind of um, benefits of what we do and, and a huge part of our, of our way of working is that when you can kind of um, take action early, just like you do on, on any other thing, you know, with your physical health, the same with your mental health, you know, the earlier you can start to spot, you know, you're just not feeling yourself or you need a little bit of support somewhere, you know, just definitely come to turn to me.ie and, um, and, and get the support that you need and deserve. And as a, as a result, you can kind of ensure that sort of mental health issues don't become mental health crises. I think we all have been pushed to our limits in lockdown one and now lockdown two or whatever. The thing is, when does it become a crisis? Start lockdown, I started to feel very isolated, but it was maybe for a few days. And then I start, you know, started thinking about how lucky I am in other ways. And maybe that went away. It might have come back a few times in and out. But when does it go from... Uh, feeling that can that can go to something that goes to a mental health problem. Very good, very good question. I mean, there's so many kind of uh, important themes to to look at that, and and really the main the main thing really, and this is where kind of counselling and, and and therapy and the group supports um, that we have an offer are really supportive because you don't necessarily need to know that you actually have um, any issue or problem. The main thing really is to start noticing that actually um, you're not quite yourself or, you know, having difficulties kind of enjoying things you normally do or sleeping or eating or worrying and stuff. You know, basically the main thing really is to, is to be able to kind of come forward as soon as you can for support. Um, and basically your counselor and therapist or your group facilitator who is also a therapist uh, will actually help you kind of put words on your experience and be able to help you sort of identify whether it is something to, you know, to follow up on or not you know so that's kind of what we advocate is is coming forward and talking talking about it um you know with like-minded people just to to help you because everyone's different as well like sometimes it's not that clear like the the symptoms and the the issues are, are not as clear as we'd like them to be and the other the other kind of thing i suppose as well is that when you're kind of getting to a point of feeling isolated and then you're kind of isolating yourself a little bit further outside of the lockdown side of it you know the reality is is that there's a whole country that is feeling that so it's about kind of realizing that you're not actually alone in how you're feeling that way and you know that's where kind of reaching out for supports and services and things like that you know people get zoomed out of it as well what was it the um the word of uh, this year is um lockdown Whereas actually the, the phrase should be you're on mute. You know, <laughs> yeah. And like anybody who's kind of doing Zoom all the time, they get Zoomed out of it. And then you're kind of going, well, like, I don't want to talk on Zoom. I don't want to be connected with friends. Now I'm isolating myself even more because I can't get to call over to them or I can't go to the coffee shop or I can't go out to the pub. But it is about kind of recognizing the things that are in front of you that you can kind of reach out. You know, even just a text you know, you don't have to Zoom, but a text message to somebody just kind of going, look, this is how I'm feeling. That can be a way to kind of connect in where you don't seem to feel that you're as isolated. There's always a way to connect in with people. That's the key to it. I think uh, I found that since myself and Nicholas started this podcast and since lockdown happened, for a lot of single people, you know, it's been kind of a lonely time and we've had people message in who said they felt lonely and I think me and Nicola felt lonely at times so even though we have maybe friends or people we can text, sometimes we don't feel like we can, you know, because maybe they're in relationships and we don't want to burden people. I know obviously uh, the advice, of course, is to come and talk to somebody as well. But 
what other kind of maybe helpful tips could you advise to people if they are kind of feeling isolated and alone, kind of missing that human interaction? One of the, one of the kind of themes that Brian and I were looking at um, when we were looking at the themes for, for tonight's podcast is very much about taking, um, you know, taking the opportunity to, to develop a relationship with ourselves. You know, so we could call that maybe a spin-off series of um, "Dater's Gonna Wait," <laughs> you know, because uh, <laughs> that's what we have to do. No, <laughs> exactly. So we have to, right? Anyway, um, so there's that, right? But there's also with every with every kind of challenge like this, there is an opportunity, of course. And I remember my mum saying to me um, through multiple kind of relationship disasters over many many decades, she kept saying over and over and over again, Jennifer, you just have to develop a relationship with yourself first. You know, like it, that's so important because you'll be able to, you know, enjoy your own company more. You'll be able to kind of enjoy your life more. And also you'll be able to make better choices around, you know, who you spend time with, you know, in terms of developing relationships and so forth. So, of course, I ignored that for quite a few, <laughs> quite a few years <laughs> um, and found myself in therapy to kind of work that through whereby my therapist basically said exactly what my mum said um, and charged me a lot of money for it. Um, <laughs> so um, basically, long story short, that, um, you know, there's, there's, there's the isolation, right? And then there's, there's also, there's loneliness and then there's um, the capacity to be alone. And it's very much about, you know, really understanding the difference between loneliness and being alone um, and, you know, and that sense of really developing um, a sense of a capacity to be alone. Because when we have, and this is what the paradox is, when we develop a, a capacity to be alone, we actually develop a, a capacity to, to have meaningful relationships with others. So there's a bit of a paradox in that, but it's quite a it's quite a profound one. That doesn't mean, of course, that we you know go into our hermitage and never talk to anybody again. <laughs> um, you know, we as, as Brian was saying, and, and you guys are both saying, and, and supporting all your listeners to do. We, we do need to connect in, but also connecting in with um, you know who we are and, and what our values are and what we need in life, what we don't need. It's, it's a time for for building that that relationship, I think. Yeah, I, I, I'm just kind of thinking about that and, and the idea that, you know, how many kind of Saturday nights do you go out and you fall into a long-term relationship? And over that period of time when you're not actually able to get out and meet somebody, you know, the reality is, is that not every time we go out, we're going to meet somebody. Not every time we're going to actually kind of connect in in that kind of way that we'd like to. And then there's always the question of, well, why am I still single? What is it about me? And what's wrong? But now that I actually can't get out there, then I'm even worse because now I, I can't get out there. I can't do this. So the idea of actually, as Jen is saying, you know, about being comfortable in your own space, comfortable with yourself and actually connecting with yourself. Like when we're in that moment of kind of going, you know, I feel miserable now I'm at home and I'm here on my own and that's it and can't go out, can't meet anybody, I'm single, all of these kind of things. And you're kind of going, well, your night now is tied up with all of this. Whereas when you kind of switch on Netflix, you know, put your feet up and relax and chill out and watch something that you actually want to watch and relax into that moment and feel comfortable in that space, knowing that, you know what, I can't go out tonight, but that's okay. Yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to enjoy that space rather than I'm going to feel like, well, I'm never going to meet anybody. I'm never going to do anything. Yeah. We can fall into a negative spiral in the way that we kind of look at these things. It's so, it's so true. And, and the, um, I remember my, my therapist saying to me, um, you know, really start looking at, you know, um, at your life and what you want and what you don't want. That's also really important. And, um, and start making your space, you know, your space yours. So you might be in a space that you don't like or it's making you feel a bit down or you might like it, but it's just not you. You know, just start kind of looking after that and kind of trying to really make a, a nice uh, space for yourself you know, and really start um, to building that kind of um, sense of kind of comfort and well-being in, in your own space, whatever that might be for you creatively, you know. Um, I thought that was really, really good advice as well. And I stuck with that. He told me to go out and um, buy a couple of like home furnishings and plants. And now I've got about 70 of them here. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of, I took his advice maybe a bit too literally. But anyway, <laughs> urban jungle trend is apparently um, very, very trendy at the moment. So, so um, but yeah, just these things, I think these are kind of um, really good for us to think about. And as Brian said as well, you know, when, when we are actually not able to, you know, develop that capacity to be alone, we're much more likely to um, jump into relationships or um, kind of, you know, encounters 
that aren't going to be good for us. And I, I know that like a, a really big part of the, the podcast and, and the kind of public service that you provide is to make sure that people kind of think about these things, you know, because relationships are wonderful, but they're also can be incredibly toxic, um, do you know, and they can be very, very destructive. So, you know, we don't want to be escaping our sense of feeling um, lonely um, and jumping into all sorts of kind of potentially really damaging relationships um, or encounters with people because what that does obviously apart from the you know how depressing and awful that feels it really just starts to kind of chip 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 at our self-esteem to the point where we actually don't really have a, a, a kind of relationship with ourselves, or sometimes don't even know who we are anymore so you know relationships should come with um you know a, a public health warning in my view <laughs> and uh, you know that's been a big huge learning for me not just as a person but as a therapist as well that that they they're wonderful and you know but they're not the be all and end all there are wonderful um people living very very satisfying lives um you know not in not in um you know a kind of intimate relationships you know i think for me um we myself and roshin a few weeks ago decided to um start to do a little bit positive journey uh, positive thinking gratitude and for me it's really helped um i find them a lot more comfortable myself and uh, my thinking when I feel it going negative, I try and flip it to thinking positive. Um, and it's like I found I'm a much better mental place this time in lockdown than I was the first time. But the one thing that kind of, I suppose, I'm 35 years of age and it's coming to the end of the year now. And I suppose a year has gone by without being able to search for a partner to search for somebody you know in terms of kids because we do have that biological clock women we yeah. it, it chases us around the place we can't escape it and if it's something that you're looking for it's it's on your mind and i think when it, with 12 months by the time maybe the vaccine gets to us will have passed maybe even more feels like we've wasted a year in a way that we can't get back as you say that that's because of the biological clock that's going to affect women more than the, the men seeking um, relationships, you know, and uh, yeah, it's it's a really really difficult one. Um, I guess I mean I'd, I'd love to hear Brian's view, obviously, on this too. But we're we're both marriage and relationship therapists, you know, and um, you know, again, like with this theme about you know meeting people and, and developing relationships, we just have to be so careful because more than half of our relationships and, and marriages end in divorce, you know, um, and, you know, and obviously the impact on the individuals involved and then, of course, children and so forth, you know, it's always something important to keep in mind. So it's on the one hand, it's true, time is, you know, we're losing time because of lockdown. On the other hand, you could be actually kind of, you know, gaining time away from actually being in the in the wrong relationship, you know. Um, it doesn't actually kind of solve the biological clock issue. You know, part of the kind of capacity to be alone, um, you know, sort of, and, and all the sort of well-being work that you guys are, are doing and supporting your listeners to, which is brilliant, is sometimes I think about, it's not being pessimistic or anything, but but almost developing that comfort in our own skin that actually I may or may not actually, you know, find the love of my life, you know, I might, or I might not. You know, I may want to have children, but I, I might end up meeting somebody else who doesn't want, or I might go down a different path that we're not mm. expecting. That's not to kind of, you know, undermine those goals because those are very real um, for, for a lot of people and they're very different for others as well. But sometimes by, you know, just thinking that through and, and being comfortable with, you know, being in the present moment and, and trusting and having a, a sense of trust and faith that, you know, you will, um, you know, you will be able to, you know, develop a life for yourself of meaning um, that, that you want. And it may look like what you think you'd like to have, or it may look like something different that you're not expecting. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of just thinking there along the lines of, you know, how, how well in terms of how we adapt to different things, you know, we talk about online as the move that people have made because of COVID. But Online has been around for a long, long time where people met and met partners, whether it was just on the one night stand or whether it was a long term relationship or whether it was for marriage and, and family and everything else, because they've been around for longer, long, long time. And the whole idea of, you know, well, OK, we can't go to the pub now. We can't get out there to meet people in the normal way that we used to do it in a loud bar, kind of few drinks 
Judge Courage making us kind of feel a little bit more at ease, hoping that we'll get a text the next day, hoping that something more will come out of it. All of these little things that happen. Whereas, you know, okay, we're at home. We might crack open that little bottle of wine, sitting on the couch, texting or chatting away with somebody who we've met online, developing a bit of a relationship with them, actually talking to them, finding out what their interests are, connecting with what they what they might like about us and vice versa, actually getting to know somebody rather than just, you know, hoping out of a pub or a nightclub that something will kind of kick in here because how many people go out to pubs and nightclubs and all of that and say, you know, this whole month has been a waste because I've gone out almost every weekend and I haven't met anybody uh, that's going to be a lasting relationship. So that's another month gone and another month gone and another month gone. Or the people that I am meeting, they seem to be the same people, the same type of people. I keep meeting the same people. And then you're wondering, well, okay, during this time that I have a little bit of self-reflection on, well, why am I attracted or why am I attracting these type of people? What is it that's happening that I'm just jumping on this one and going, yep, they'll do. I'll go with that. So part of it is how we kind of look at what we're trying to do, what we want to achieve, where we want to go. And, you know, online, in, in that way of connecting with somebody and actually communicating, because we've lost the art of communication. Since, um, since the likes of Facebook came along, you know, we used to um, contact each other for birthdays and things like that, and we'd remember them. Now the likes of Facebook reminds us that we have a birthday coming up for somebody. And we then log in to send a message through Facebook. So we have a butler service telling the other person that it's their birthday rather than <laughs> us connecting with it. So we've lost the art of communication. And fundamental piece for any relationship is communication. And we have mobile phones. We have all of these devices. And how many times do you have a couple sitting on a couch, one at one end on their phone and the other at the other end on their phone? Yeah. We've lost that, that skill of being able to kind of go, well, do I need to get drunk just to talk to this person? Or can I use technology and use that ability to connect with somebody in a way that allows me to know that person? And then when we do get the opportunity to meet up, we've actually formed a stronger relationship because we know a lot more about each other. Yeah, no, I do 100% agree. And you do, it's like obviously pre-COVID or whatever, you might be on a night out or you might go for dinner or something and sometimes I'd look around and even myself I've, I've been guilty of myself but you'd see a couple sitting with each other and they're both on their phones or yeah. um, you know you see friends and, and partners and they're looking at their phones and I do think there is that slight disconnect and that's in a way why I find kind of uh, the dating apps and all difficult because they don't really uh, it kind of feels like a lot of people aren't on it for the right reasons like they're just kind of on it for a whim um, and then I do think he experienced kind of dating app fatigue and then I suppose rejection because, you know what I mean? If you swipe for loads of people and you, you know, you're not getting any matches back or whatever it may be, or mm. you're sending messages, you know, you start to feel dejected. And I think even you could be in a good place, maybe mentally, but like, you know, a little rejection just chips away at you and then another one and another one. And it's kind of it can be hard to have a bit of resilience uh, towards that type of rejection. Obviously, you guys know much better than I do, but um, I guess there's the different apps have kind of a different kind of quality to them as well, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've never, you know, I'm far too old for Tinder, <laughs> but uh, but basically, um, but no I, one's too old for Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for that. <laughs> um, yeah, but I just sort of I get the I get the picture, right? Because I, I did um, kind of research um, in my in my sort of previous um, research that I've done around kind of online engagement and stuff, and just from some of the research I've, I've done myself I've, I've noticed that there are different you know different approaches to different apps and there, there are some that try to obviously match personalities and try to get some kind of match and there's some that just are more kind of um, encouraging people judging on your looks or how you present yourself and stuff like that so I imagine it's very much like what, what you guys are saying and what Brian's saying is just kind of choosing the right the right apps as well, like what, where, where is a, a better facilitating environment to, you know, to develop a relationship. And I, I love this idea that Brian was talking about with, um, 
you know, taking the time. I'm almost kind of resurrecting, you know, the, the kind of old, very romantic uh, form of, of letter writing, but through, <laughs> through an app, because it's, it, you'll, you just, you'll meet a couple of people who are, who've got the same values as you, who actually would enjoy that, you know, yeah. um, it, it may not be the majority of people, but but by kind of, you know, going out there and looking at, you know, who you'd be better matched with, not just, you know, who who looks best and who looks like you might have a great match, but, you know, that deeper piece, trying to trying to kind of, you know, put that out there and see who responds, um, you know, and that gives you a good indication of what might be worth um, spending time, you know, developing, as Brian said, you know, to... Mm-hmm develop a type of connection and a type of friendship really think of it think of it in a way right when you mention tinder you know you swipe and kind of go nah i don't like to look at that i'll swipe this way swipe that way whatever and in a bar nah i don't like to look at that no look around see who's there i won't go and talk to the person who could actually be really interesting have a connection but nah they don't fit the picture immediately whereas kind of we are in control of what we want to engage with. We all have standards. We all have things that we kind of go, this is what I want. And reflecting on what we need and what we want and what we're looking for, you know, because how many, how many weekends do you go out and you actually meet somebody that it turns into something? That is the very same as being in lockdown in the mindset that we have when we're looking at it. Like one of the things I try and get people to think about is, you know, When you imagine whatever the issue is, if you think of it as a cube, and when you look at a cube flat on, that's one side. If you move slightly to to one angle, you get a whole different view of the same situation. And there's many different ways to look at the one issue. And being in the pub, you know, on a night out, hoping that you're gonna meet somebody, there's lots of different options, lots of different things. And we choose not to engage with stuff if we don't want to. And then, it's the same thing online. We have different, there's a plethora out there of different apps that have been around for donkey's years and newer versions and all sorts of things. And ones that are particularly just for the one night stand, ones that are, and the same thing happens in the pub. You got the one night stand people that are out just for that. They're many, not interested. Many, many of them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's across the board. So how we approach it, you know, when we start to look at it and go, well, okay, I'm alone. I'm feeling lonely. And then you kind of go and, um, you know, as, as I think it was yourself, Nicola, you know, reflected on the fact that at that first time in lockdown, you kind of reflect on, well, actually, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of okay. There's a lot of good things that I have here. So I can reflect on that. And that helps me then to feel that much better. So in terms of relationship and you're kind of going, well, okay, that person didn't swipe back on me or anything like that. Well, it's their loss. I deserve better. I deserve somebody who's going to actually want me for me. And I'm not going to waste my time and energy on somebody who doesn't see me for that. There's different ways of looking at these things and that's building resilience and believing in ourselves. And it comes back around to that whole thing about spending time with who we are, not hoping that they're going to like me for what they see. Because, you know, when you turn around, you know, when you've been in a pub back in those days, when somebody would walk in and you'd look and you kind of go, Jesus, wouldn't you think they'd make an effort to dress up? And then the next time they'd come in and they'd kind of be dressed up and you go, Jesus, who do they think they are? Look at the state of them all dressed up. <laughs> no matter what way you do it, you're going to be criticized. So it's not about doing it for anybody else. It's doing it for you. So you can get dressed up and actually feeling absolutely fantastic. And you can be sitting on your couch, but you're feeling like a million dollars because you feel that way. And you're in your own space and you're making the best of that rather than going, I'm going to be in my tracksuit here. I'm just going to be feeling down because I can't do this. I can't do that. But we have a lot of things that we can control. And when we start to look at what we can do about things, that changes our perspective. It also means that we don't settle for something that's not what we need. And if we're kind of settling on something, are we meeting the same people all the time? Is there a bit of a pattern there? Why do we kind of keep falling into this pattern? And able to reflect back on why that is, that can change it for the next time because we can start to see the pattern and go, do you know what? No, I'm not going down that road again. I'm actually going to steer clear of that. And that way you're opening a door to allow others who you do want into your life. 
big difference. Yeah, kind of like what you both are saying is is nearly like you need to develop some tools to to divert our thinking in a different way to look at life and look at the bad, the negative in a different way. Is there anything that you would so if I presented to you and I was saying this, I feel really low and lonely. Um, what what would tips you'd give me if I was coming to you as a patient? If you were coming to to a scent and you were feeling like that, kind of look at well, what's happening for you right now. And what what is what is the cause of that kind of feeling low at the moment? Because remember, a lot of what we're doing is we're kind of thinking about it. You know, I'm thinking about this weekend now. I can't go out. You know, I really miss the idea of going out. Can't get to see my friends. I'm kind of feeling really low now, all about that. And you know, we're not even at the weekend yet, but I'm feeling that way. So it hasn't even come around, and I've already kicked into that mindset of thinking about it. So what we're going to do is we're starting to look at, well, okay, yeah, you can't go out. You can't get to meet anybody. But what are the alternatives? What could you do? What would you like to do this weekend if you couldn't go out? Most times, you know, we kind of agree to stay in some, you know, weekends when we can't or are not interested in going out. And then other ones were bursting to get out the door. So the idea is to, to take a step back for a moment. Why do I feel like this? What can I change that might actually help me in this immediacy that I can then kind of take with me into the next moment and bring that as a way of changing how I feel about things? It's not about dismissing it, but it's about owning it and realizing that, okay, it's it's perfectly okay to feel like this. And I can either choose to kind of continue feeling like that, or I can maybe kind of say to myself, well, do you know what? While I'm not able to do these things, there might be other opportunities that I can actually do. And that program I've waited to watch for so long, actually, this weekend, I'm going to put my feet up. I'm going to sit back, relax, and just watch it. Because I keep putting it off because something else keeps coming up all the time. These are little things that we can do. It's not about the big changes. It's about the small changes that we make that have a big impact in the long term. I think a, a really big sort of meaningful factor of counseling and psychotherapy is the, is the therapeutic relationship. So we're talking about relationships today, mm. um, but actually um, it's a different type of relationship that we're talking about. But, um, you know, the, the ability to kind of develop a, a relationship of meaning with, um, with your therapist, you know, is, is extremely um, valuable and that you get to kind of explore you know that lonely feeling and, and, and as, as Brian said what, what is happening and, and why am I feeling I mean there's the obvious reasons because of lockdown and, and not being able to do some of the things but I, I'm sure you guys have had this experience I certainly have is that sometimes you can be surrounded by people and feel extremely lonely mm-hmm. you know and, and actually that's kind of a, something that comes up in therapy a lot you know um, regardless of, of lockdown we can feel lonely when we're in relationships when we've got tons of people around you know it's because there's something that, that's not um, some needs are not being met, do you know? And that's really what the therapeutic relationship is, is really about, is, is to developing that, that connection with another, you know, human being uh, and being able to sort of really unpack that. And you might be surprised, you know, um, there's obviously the COVID-related loneliness, but you might be surprised at what else might be kind of, you know, rising, rising to the surface that would actually really, really help um, not only understand the loneliness, but actually overcome it and develop that kind of, um, you know, relationship to ourself. And that's capacity to be alone, of course, you know, provides the foundation for the capacity to have uh, meaningful relationships. So, so yeah, therapeutic relationship, we can, we can definitely develop that uh, while we're, while we're waiting to date. Yeah. I do think you're correct in, in saying that really the best relationship, I know it's in sex in the city, but the best relationship you can have is the one you have with yourself. And I do think you do attract a different type of person. If you're in a better mind frame in a more positive place. And if you're looking after your mind, body, everything. I would wonder just if anybody who's a listener is listening and have maybe found themselves in a bad relationship or a toxic relationship, either with a male or female, what steps should they try to take to try to get away from that or get out of that situation perhaps? Yeah, there's, there's kind of a spectrum, right, about, of, of relationships that are they're not going well. You know, everything is kind of on a spectrum from mild to, to moderate to severe, you know, and obviously if 
that's a particularly severe and, and um, somebody's you know um, health and, and life are at risk and well-being are at risk then there there really needs to be um, you know a safe plan and a plan to um, explore um, you know again reaching out to to supports so that's kind of on, on the one end of the spectrum um, on the other and it's not always safe to um, just get out of that situation immediately because there are lots of planning there's lots that have to be put into place and we know unfortunately the domestic abuse and violence has, has dramatically increased in the lockdown as well so um, we just need to be careful and safe around that but on the other end of the spectrum obviously in the mild to moderate end you know it's very much about you know trying to as Brian says we we actually have and other services might as well couples counseling so you can actually go online for couples counseling and rather than throw the baby out with the bathwater because both of us have had lots of clients come to us you know thinking that they're just going to jack it all in and we'll just we'll just see what this is like you know just keeping an open mind because you know a lot of relationships actually have a lot more going on than we think quite a lot of the time especially with lockdown you know in each other's face and everything is you know um, extreme um, extremely irritating sometimes if you've already got little niggly bits that are bothering you they're going to be amplified right at the situation that, that we're in at the moment so not to jump to any conclusions and not to kind of catastrophize and think that everything has to be like thrown out actually I've had some of the most profound experiences I've had as a therapist have been with couples who actually came to me that just wanted to break up and consciously uncouple like uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and, <laughs> and, uh, and her former husband. And um, I've been just so moved to see um, keeping an open mind, not saying, okay, you know, I'm going to not let you break up, but also I'm going to keep this space open for exploration. And it's incredible what, what kind of connection can develop there. And you start to realize that actually one of the reasons why it's not working out is that some of these things have just been allowed to fester for too long and we've lost that that kind of deeper connection um, but that connection if the relationship is meaningful and it was there to start with it's something that is possible to to reconnect with and actually build on and, and strengthen couples can come to counseling and actually kind of work through things but the important piece as well is the fact that if there is a situation that you know you can reach out to get support individually as well to kind of help with anything that's going on and a lot of it there are lots of kind of resources out there in that as well. But the, the kind of main thing, I suppose, that we're kind of seeing a lot of is within lockdown, a lot of the issues are coming up is family conflict and relationship issues and things like that. But that it's knowing that, you know, you're actually not alone in that either because a lot of that is coming up across the board. You know, typically we look at Christmas coming up and, you know, it's the one time a year when families all cram in together for a few days and it kind of raises the tension after a few days. We've kind of had that for nine months of lockdown and it escalates that kind of, you know, tension that's there. But knowing that, you know, you do have options and, and spaces to be able to kind of go for a walk, get out, kind of connect in with friends that you do have and things like that. There's always a kind of a way to kind of get a little bit of support. And that's the key kind of thing to that. It's very important to be aware of it be a lot of breakups when lockdowns are lifted when we start to make the the move back to some sort of normality yeah the um the the, the lawyers and divorce lawyers are kind of doing very well at the moment <laughs> maybe we're in the wrong business uh, brian <laughs> but um but actually um yeah exactly and, and what's what's sad about that i mean as, as brian says and we all know this anyway of course because what you were saying the same things but you know um you know some relationships do have a natural end you know and they and they are kind of moving towards uh, an ending you know but so many relationships do break down that don't need to break down do you know and it's because these things have been allowed to fester and as, as Brian is saying and you guys are saying you know being locked in for months all of these small things you know like somebody leaving the toilet seat up or you know not putting the cap on the toothpaste they all of a sudden become you know massive catastrophes you know because everything is our world has shrunk so these like small issues that might not have been an issue before become larger do you know um, and um, if there's any kind of underlying issues, these things are going to be unnecessarily, you know, um, creating tension in the in the home and or in the relationship. So really getting a chance to, to go to a couple's therapy and, and talk that out. Um, for people who maybe might be going through a breakup or maybe they're broken up with their partner and they still have to live with them at the moment because of circumstances, uh, what's happening right now. 
uh, is the best thing for that person just to focus on themselves, you know, just try to work on themselves to help them move on. And, you know, when, when they get to it eventually, you know, they could start dating again or should they just throw themselves full throttle onto Tinder, onto everything? (laughs) (laughs) Throw the baby out of the bat war and just go for it. And what, sneak them in the side door while the person's living in the house? (laughs) It's a temptation, isn't it, to, you know, to do that. And actually, I think, I think it's kind of, it's good to kind of, you know, analyze that for ourselves. And and even though the urge is to do that, which is it's a total rebound urge and that's totally normal, you know, that's when we're the most vulnerable actually to making choices that aren't great for ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, even though we're not going to, you know, judge our kind of rebound, you know, desires there, <laughs> um, at the same time, we, we, you know, we just need to kind of think it through a little bit. Um, and I think, you know, in terms of like when you're, when you're living in the same house with your, with your ex, you know, that is really, really difficult. We had that obviously with the, um, the last recession, right, as well, back in 2008 and the onwards. But, mm-hmm. you know, it is possible. I know it's a bit counterintuitive, but it's still possible in that situation when you've even broken up, you know, this famous phrase, well, we can still be friends. Well, <laughs> mm. we know sometimes that that's not necessarily genuine, but we can make it genuine. And that's actually, we can still come to um, therapy or couple support with the person that we're, we're still living with and, and actually kind of develop how can we actually communicate and be friends here and live in the, in the same house, even though we're not in a relationship? You know, we, we do this work with um, couples who are separating, you know, for the sake of their children to make sure that everybody is kind of having their needs met and, and there's kind of equilibrium and so forth, um, you know, in, in, the, in the relationship that has broken down so that, you know, everybody can actually have a respect for each other, communicate properly, you know, um, and still be friends, you know? Uh, so that's something to, to consider as well. Yeah. And the thing with that, uh, you know, is the fact that you can come to count couples counseling and kind of work through that, as Jen said, you know, to be able to kind of communicate better. But within our service, you can also then have individual counseling so that you can actually sort through the breakup for yourself and what that actually might mean to you to help you process that. And actually when the time comes around that we can actually kind of go out and mingle again, you know, that you'll actually be in a stronger place for yourself, having learned to communicate with each other in a healthier way, even though you're, you're no longer a couple, but then actually be able to kind of process and be ready for when you can get out there and actually kind of meet people and meet people in a good space where you're bringing in, you know, somebody who you want to meet and you're ready to meet rather than just going, you'll do. I'm from a very small town and I do notice that there are some couples that I don't think would be together if they lived in a different area. They kind of, it's supposed to the idea of settling and yeah, it's yeah. the you'll do. Um, yeah. And, you know, maybe they've been together since school and, you know, you, the next step is to get married and, you know, move in together and have kids. And then you find that you're in your 30s and people are stuck in a relationship they've been in since they were 13 or something and they don't know how to get out of that yeah mm. yeah that's actually an extremely good point actually and uh, i think this links in maybe with some of the stuff we were talking about earlier about you know um having that sense of um being being kind of um aware that you know that we might meet we might meet the person that we want to spend our life with but we might not do you know Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that's not a very sexy kind of concept, but um, but really, it, it, I think it's actually helpful. It's, it's helpful to because basically what it's doing is it's saying actually my life is is of meaning um, and of value regardless of whether I'm in a relationship or not. That doesn't mean that I don't want one and that I'm not open to one. But you know, life happens when we're making other plans, and it's funny how when you actually stop looking around, something actually turns to tends to pop up when you don't expect mm-hmm. it. You know, and we I can't actually- plan for that. You know. Mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt you, Jen, yeah. but I actually, um, I spoke to a friend about this recently, something uh, similar. I said to her, I wanted to have my life plan okay in my head if I didn't end up having kids and didn't end yeah. up me marrying someone. And she kept fighting with me saying, you can't say that. I was like, I'm yeah. not putting it out into the world that I won't, but yeah. I want to be mentally stable that if I get to 40 or 45, and none of these things have happened to me. I don't yeah. want it to be a shock. I don't want it to surprise me. I want to be able to say, okay, I kind of try yeah. to prepare for this. Exactly. I think that's, and I can understand, you know, both of your perspectives on that one, actually, because, you know, we don't, we, we're not being negative here and pessimistic and we're not, kind of, you know, it's, it's very much just about, you know, what we were saying earlier about being comfortable in our own skin. And, um, you know, the irony of that is it's, you know, about 
when we aim for something directly, you know, quite often it doesn't happen. <laughs> when we're not aiming for it, it does happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't mean like there's guarantees as you, as you rightly point out, but it's just having that openness, but actually also being, um, you know, willing to, to kind of consider a number of different kind of life pathways that are, that are equally meaningful. And that doesn't mean that you're giving up. Um, just like we were saying before, we're about settling. Well, you know, you know, we don't have to settle, but we also don't have to give up. But we don't have to, you know, um, grasp onto any particular outcome because it's like what Brian was saying earlier. When we start to grasp onto that, that's when we're going to start making choices that might not be right for us, and that is a very, very painful place to be. Um, you know, so we are better off actually. You know, if 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 it happens that we don't meet the right person, but we have a very fulfilling life with lots of you know, friends and family and interesting work and activities, you know, we're better off living a life like that than um, being in a relationship that is making us um, feel small and miserable and trapped, um, you know. And, and just to throw a spanner in the works there <laughs> with that. Typical man. Of course, somebody has to, you know, um, you're absolutely right. But there's also another side of this. There's, uh, you know, Good old Disney and, and Hallmark, in, in, in the best of respect, you know, have created and painted a, a view that, you know, the white horse is going to come in and, and sweep you off your feet and all of these kind of things and everyone's going to be, you know, wonderful. It doesn't always happen like that. The, you know, the house with the white picket fence and the 2.4 kids and the Volvo is, you know, created to what you should expect. And it's not always as real as that. And sometimes what's right in front of you is actually what you need, but you're actually looking past it to see what's better. Yeah. And you're not actually kind of paying attention to what's right there in front of you. And we're sometimes, this is where it comes back to that whole thing of, well, are we ready in ourselves? Do we actually know what we really want? Or are we always chasing for something that is actually a pipe dream further down the line that we're not actually kind of ready for, but we've just walked past several opportunities that we've kind of given up on that we could have actually had a really happy life with. And sometimes that's the idea of kind of connecting in with ourselves to kind of really be in tune with, well, am I comfortable with me? Am I comfortable in my own space? Am I ready to kind of be in that committed relationship and actually, you know, meet somebody on the same level rather than kind of going, oh, yep, I'll take you, you'll do. And then finding out that little while later, I've invested everything into it and they're just not good enough and it doesn't work out. And now I'm back to square one again and starting all over again with the same thing back into our pattern again. So there's a few different ways. Again, it's like looking at that cube, you know, how do we look at this whole thing and and how can we change the way we kind of think about stuff and how do we change the way we approach things? It's like, you know, when we're chasing sort of beauty or attractiveness or success, however, you know, that's defined in the, in the culture at the moment, mm-hmm. you know, quite often, like we're just kind of, as, as Brian said, you know, we're, we're missing out on all the other opportunities, you know, that are right in front of us. And, you know, we're all in the process of, of getting old and, and wrinkly and gravity's going to hit and all this stuff, yeah. about, you know, um, some of us sooner than, than others. But, um, but, you know, like that's why kind of chasing after this stuff, um, it doesn't mean that, you know, that, that you're not going to find people attractive or whatever and have your own personal preferences. But sometimes we're just kind of chasing after the wrong stuff. And that stuff doesn't have longevity. You could be sort of rolling in money one day and then all of a sudden it can be gone tomorrow, as we know from all these different lockdowns and recessions. And, you know, but what really, really lasts is, you know, is that kind of deeper connection of, yeah. of um, friendship and, you know, unconditional unconditional love and it doesn't come in uh you know any kind of particularly shiny packages all the time in fact quite often it's the shiny bubbles and packages that distract us as brian said mm-hmm. from the actual the real deal so just trying to to keep all those options open and and keep a keep an open mind and give kind of good people a, a chance a great visual example of that is if you recall many years ago there was an ad i think for aircom at the time or Aircell, one or other of those, where the guy um, gives his number or she, oh, she gives yeah. the number and he walks out of the, what what's the Odeon bar, walks out of that, this kind of big hunky guy and then out of his <laughs> mouth comes a di- voice like David Beckham. Oh, geez, it's me from the bar. You know, and that, that is that image, you know, thought yeah. that it was brilliant and everything else, but actually maybe not on when it when it comes down to it. So we miss out on opportunities just because we think, ah, they're not good enough. They're not what we want. 
Whereas in actual fact, you know, we could be letting something really, really good walk out of our life. One thing I would say, maybe men experience this too, but I only know from a women's perspective, you know that me and a lot of friends and some people that have messages on Instagram might be drawn to uh, men or women who are fixer-uppers and have problems of their own, whether they be mental health issues or other issues, and we think we can save them or fix them or whatever. What would you say to somebody who thinks that they can try fix somebody else? Yeah. <laughs> and that that's a really, really good one, you know. Yeah. And Jen, you'll you'll jump in on this one as well because generally when you you know, within counseling when you're kind of working with somebody who generally comes from their own background. We we tend to draw in and attract kind of what we're missing or what we're looking for. And we're always trying to repair something. So then we're kind of going, well, why are we always trying to fix things? We're trying to make things better all the time. And we attract somebody who is a fixer-upper, needs a bit more support. We look past all the things because we can see that there is a really genuinely amazing person there, but we have to fix them up before they can do it or we want to fix them up to the way we think they should be as well. Mm -hmm. So that kind of idea, you kind of start to step back a bit because you again get into a pattern. You're constantly kind of fixing people up and it doesn't work and they're gone. And you find another fixer upper, get yourself a car, work on a car, better (laughs) off investing your time in a little kind of old banger and working on that. But if you start looking at why do I always draw on people who need to be fixed up? Why do I always kind of become that person for them? And all of my energy is spent on trying to build this person up. What would it be like if I was to meet somebody who was ready, that isn't a fixer upper, they're just a really sound down to earth person and I can actually kind of do all those things. Imagine where I could spend my energy with them investing in different things that we could do together rather than kind of trying to go, well, I need to fix them up or I'm worried about this. I'm trying to do that. Again, that comes back to understanding, well, what's, what's in me that I'm missing that I'm trying to fix in somebody else? Yeah. Why do I have to do that all the time? If I reflect back on what I'm going through and what I've been through, what has brought me to this point that I feel that I have to fix somebody up all the time? You know, it never works because we can't we can't change other people. You know, we can change some of the bits, but we, we can't really change other people, as we all know. And um, the problem with with the type of relationship that can develop from that is is very much one of I guess what we could say is um, called codependency. Do you know? Mm-hmm. And so you're you're going to kind of be not satisfied. Both both partners are not going to be satisfied. They might be outwardly so, but emotionally um, are not going to be satisfied with that relationship. So, you know, in terms of honoring ourselves and honoring the other person, you know. The, the right thing to do is to, as, as Brian says, step back from that. Um, and again, it, it draws back into this capacity to be alone. You know, sometimes we, we get drawn into that, either the kind of fix, you know, trying to fix people or, or the bad boys or bad girls, you know. Um, it's two sides, again, of the same spectrum, whereas actually when we can kind of spend a little bit more time and, and be more comfortable with ourselves and and, um, and have that sort of trust and faith in ourselves and, and uh, the ability to develop relationships, then we're less likely to be kind of drawn in because we're, we're drawn into these situations out of anxiety a lot of the time. As you guys were saying earlier, just that fear, gosh, you know, time's ticking and I'm never going to meet anybody and, you know, this whole, um, this person will do. You know, we just need to to support ourselves to, you know, to send back. It's the right thing for ourselves, but it's also the right thing for the other person because it's not fair on them either to, to, you know, to kind of approach things in that way. Here's one. What happens when when you're in a bar or something like that and somebody walks in and they just exude confidence, people notice it. People are attracted to it. People want to be around it. But when you kind of don't feel that way about yourself, then people aren't as kind of attracted. People aren't as clued in. People don't notice as much. But the people that do notice are the ones that may not be right for you. And that's the whole thing. Again, it comes back to, you know, what we kind of spend the time on. Is it on rebuilding and re kind of connecting with ourselves and understanding where we are? Or is it investing all of that time and energy trying to fix somebody up who's going to possibly walk away anyway? Yeah, actually, that's a fantastic point, because actually, if we flip that on its head, you know, because we're talking about, you know, fixing others. But also, as Brian said, if we, if we don't really have that sense of 
you know, confidence in our own skin and, and contentment, you know, in, in, um, in our own lives, then we're also going to attract people who want to fix us, you know, who are actually going to yeah. do the opposite and actually start, you know, doing a job on us, like in terms of you got to do this, you got to wear that, you got to lose weight, you got to gain weight, you have to mm-hmm. you know, get this job or you have to yeah. do that. And, you know, we know mm-hmm. what that feels like. It's, it's misery. So, um, so yeah, it's just, it's kind of doesn't really lead us to, to anywhere in the short term, we feel less lonely because we've got somebody around, but the, the consequences and the kind of uh, the cost of that emotionally to, to both people is, is really um, not worth it. Because we're, we're bombarded with images of what we should look like, how we should act, what we should wear, what we should do, all of these kind of things. So the minute that we step outside the door, you know, we're already kind of doubting whether we are good enough. And then we're kind of hoping that somebody else is going to look at us. And then we're hoping, as, you know, when you go back to the whole Tinder kind of thing, we're hoping somebody's going to swipe on the picture that they see. So we have to look that picture perfect kind of thing and this image all the time. But, you know, if that confidence is there and believing that we are good enough and that we actually have something to offer and believing in that, it's a game changer. That's amazing. You guys have given us uh, such a, a different perspective, I suppose, on everything. And, and uh, hopefully our listeners will identify at least one part of this um, that we've talked about today. And obviously, as we mentioned, you guys are from Turn To Me, the charity. And before we let we go, because I've just realized how long we've had you on for. If somebody in their life they're worried about, if you know, because obviously you guys deal with mental health, if they're looking at sister cousin, boyfriend, girlfriend, mother, they're a bit worried about them. What, what should we be looking out for? What should be the warning signs? And when should you step in to do something? Mm, really, really, really important question. You know, as you're saying, it's about people that we know and love. And it's just, you start to notice that they're just not quite them, quite themselves, you know. And yeah. um, things are kind of, you know, things are, are, are kind of not being looked after in the same way or they're not... Um, in the same kind of mood as they usually are and not enjoying things as, as often. And it's just, again, like we were saying earlier about kind of connecting in earlier, do you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, kind of opening up that conversation because, you know, you started, uh, you know, obviously the podcast saying that you actually sometimes we just feel down for a couple of days and there's nothing to worry mm-hmm. about. But if we don't talk about it, you know, we won't, we won't know, do you know, and it's, it's good to, it's good to talk and open that up and, you know, and, and create a kind of a, an environment where people feel that they can come to you um, to talk about it as well. So, and, and the other, the other thing to build on that is the fact that, you know, how many times, you know, do we ask each other, how are you? But we're not really interested in hearing really how the other person is. So the answer is, Oh, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm grand. And we don't get into it, but actually asking somebody, no, how are you? haven't heard from you in a while, a missed contact. How are things? How are you doing? You know, I know that you haven't been in contact with anybody lately. Is everything all right? Do you want to talk about it? Taking that time to actually recognize that somebody might be a little down. And if it is just a little down, they're able to say to you, well, do you know what? I just feel a bit crap at the moment, but you know, I know things are okay. It'll be all right. And, but they have opened up about it. But if you're finding that somebody's kind of stepping back more and more and more and kind of away and away and away, then it is really about trying to engage with them to find out where they're at, what's actually happening. But yeah. that early kind of sense of, you know, don't just ask a question, how are you, without really meaning and wanting to know how the person actually is. Because we're so good in this country of just not really engaging with anything more than I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't tell anybody anything other than, they don't really want to talk about it. Yeah. So yeah. it's about opening that conversation. Yeah. We're delighted that you asked that question because it's quite mm. a subtle thing because, you know, at the, one, at the one hand, we want to open up the conversation and create a, you know, a space where people feel relaxed to talk about whatever's coming up for them. On the other hand, we don't want to kind of catastrophize and get overly anxious on their behalf because mm-hmm. what that does obviously is pushes everything underground, you know, and they're much less yeah. likely, you know, because they don't want to, you know, our loved ones don't want to worry us about, you know, about how they are and how they're feeling. And so mm-hmm. we just have to get the kind of <clears throat> get the balance right and opening it up in a, in a kind of, you know, in a, in a more casual way like that and kind of creating that ability to, to talk and not and not to catastrophize any of it. But that it's actually normal. It's normal to be feeling down. It's normal to be feeling crap. Um, and you know, let's let's talk about it. Honestly, guys, it, this has been a great conversation. Thank you for giving us 
so much time. Obviously, people can go to the website uh, yep. to me with its two numbers. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you guys are on Instagram as well. Um, do you have any like fundraising or I know you said you have some HSE, but do you do yeah. any charitable donations or? Yeah, we do actually. We have um, there's a place online that you can put some donations in. If you're coming to a session or a group, you can always, you know, um, throw a few bob in if you fancy it, if you if you feel you can afford it. And then we also have a, a text line as well that we can we can give you as well. Um, and uh, you know, if anybody wants to, to to kind of text in the text line, we're we're connected with like charity, and, and a portion of of that um, text money goes to the the charity as well. Yeah, it's turned to me in five o. 50300 I, I think is the actual number yeah okay. you remember it guys you've been amazing I've really like I've, I've my own issues that have been spoken about without even need, needing to say anything and I know there's a lot of people that have been looking forward to hearing from a mental health expert and I suppose you've normalized it a bit so that people don't feel it's this massive thing to log on and ask for a bit of help so I think you've done yourselves, um, done a great job. And I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Our pleasure. Thanks for, for inviting us. Yeah, thanks for, for having us. Let us know if we can help with anything. Yeah.